Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. Uh, with the build offering, which we've been doing for the last few years. And I want to preach into that. And it's kind of like, ah, oh, not the offering Sunday, freak out, lock the doors, uh, and all that sort of thing. But I, I want to talk you through it. And I also want to step you into faith around it. And because I want to build spiritual principles into your lives and into us, that we'd be a generous, uh, faith-filled people. Uh, not a, you know, not a stingy people, and you're not, you know, not a holding tight, um, try and live in fear, but we'd believe in the future. And the offering is not just around like the future of the church. It is partly around that, of course, but it's also it's the future for you. That my heart is that that God's goodness and His blessing and His purposes would flow through your world, and and it's how the kingdom of God works. And you know, God could so easily, if He chose to provide you know, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And if you, you know, take seven paces to the left, three to the right, dig up here and you'll find a pot of gold. And he could do that. But what I've found with God is that he always actually operates through people. He uses us. That's his commitment to, to do that. And he, God wants us to be conduits of, of his goodness, of his blessing. And that's how the kingdom of God works. It's, it's this thing of seed time and harvest. And in Genesis 8... It, Verse 22, so right at the beginning in the book of Genesis, it starts off with, as long as the earth endures. Is the earth enduring? Okay, so that's where we're at. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So that's the season which we're in right now is seed time and harvest. King Solomon, supposed to be the wisest guy on the planet, he said this in Ecclesiastes 3. He said, there is a right time for everything. And a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest. And, and what we've got to do is recognize what season we're in at any given point of time. Because there's, there's, it says here that there's, there's a right time for everything, which also means that there's a wrong time, right? If there's a right time, there's got to be a wrong time. It's no use trying to sow or in, at the wrong time. And it's no use trying to bring in the harvest when you haven't sown. So have you, have you ever tried to do something and it's just not working? Where the door's just not opening? And, and it seems like everything is against you. Anyone had those seasons? And you just work it out later on, oh, it was just winter time. It was just, it was shut down. It wasn't happening. And we've got to work out that there's, there's seasons in God. There's times when things just flourish and things grow. Like oh, man. The sun's out. God is here. It's brilliant. There's other times when you kind of like hunker down and you go through that. And one of the skills in life is to be able to recognize that the season that you're in and then to actually act appropriately in that season. You know, I was, I was watching the news the other night and it's always you come to the news and then you come to the weather and they're talking about the drought and drought relief and everything like that up north and you always got the cranky farmer right who's, who's complaining that you know cows and everything like that and uh and it's, it started and then they said at the end of the thing oh and it's raining and it was kind of like i felt like shouting at the tv it's like summer is finished autumn is coming guess what happens in autumn it starts to rain 
That's how the seasons work. Come on, let's just get used to it. This is how it operates. This is how the kingdom of God, summer and winter, seasons, a time to plant and a time to harvest. It's coming. It's how it works. If you right now are in a season of winter, know this, it's going to change. At some point, it's going to turn. The sun will come out tomorrow. We've seen that together. <laughs> the goodness is there. But, but what season are you in? If you're just to stop and think right now, what, what season are you in? What season are you carrying right at, right at this moment? And, it's, and that's okay as well. Because sometimes we're in, we're in those, those seasons, we think, oh, God's gone on holiday. He's deserted me. He's, he's, he's not there. What's, what's going on? No, no, no. It's just a different season. We've got, but we've got to sow for the next season. Prepare for the next season. Get that seed in the ground. Get the, the, the soil. Make sure it's fertile. Make sure it's tilled. Because God gives us seed. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, it says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. See, God provides seed for you. And you know what? It always looks a little bit too small, right? You know, when you get a seed, you think, oh, what? Is that it? Is that all it is? It looks like it's not going to do anything. Because we're so often, we're looking for the fully completed product, right? We're looking for the answer. We're looking for the solution. But so often, God's answer and his solutions and his provision comes in seed format. You know, we're praying, God, you know, open the windows of heaven. Pour out your blessing upon me. I need a miracle. Let me win the $50 million lotto. <laughs> Who's praying that? Come on, be honest. <laughs> Who's believing for that? <laughs> you know, that, that, that's kind of like where we go to. But so often all God gives us is a seed. He just gives us a, a small thing. We're looking for the, the check in the mail. And God just drops you in an idea. Like, go get a job. I mean, well, go apply for that scholarship. Go and do this. Pay your taxes. Instead of getting paid under the table, start giving. See, it's a seed. It's a, it's, a, it's a small thing. It's a small thing when so often we're looking for the big thing. See, everything in life, it, it, it comes from a seed. Conception, babies. Do you want to talk about those? We get awkward. But it, 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 every plant, every animal... It comes from a seed, right? Great inventions started off. How did they start? They started off as a seed. They started off as an idea. They started off as just a thought, oh, maybe, maybe that could happen. But then they took the time to, de to, to develop it, to sow it. It became something. You know, the Bible tells us that, that faith, what's it like? It's like a mustard seed. See, again, when we look at our faith, we always think, oh, man, that's too small. How's that, how's that going to change anything? How's that going to get us through the situation? But the mustard seed, it, it grows. The verse talks about how it grows into, into a large plant and the trees, they, the birds come and, and, and live in the tree. And there's faith which was required to grow that. See, see prophecy is like a seed. You know, because so often we, we get the prophetic going and we think, oh, man, that's going to happen. But a prophecy is just an invitation into the things of God. It's, it's not a guaranteed outcome. 
It has to be planted. It has to be watered. You know, you know I've heard so many over the time, voice to the nation prophecies. Who's heard those ones? You're going to be a voice to the nations. I'm still waiting for, you're going to be a brilliant connect group leader. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> you're going to have 2.5 kids and run a great family. And, uh, you know, <laughs> live in the suburbs. Drive a what? Drive a Skoda. Hallelujah. I feel it. <laughs> Come on. See, because we, we, we want to be people of faith and power, right? But we, we think if we, if we stand long enough on an altar call and that the blessing of God will pour down on us and kapow, zap, Superman, woman of God will suddenly happen. Instant and free. What I found is it's not instant and free. It's, it's developed over time. It's sowing and reaping over time of, of stepping into the things of God. See, see the, 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 the key to your need is just a seed. Right now, if you're in a place of need, if you're in a place of, you know, how does this work? The key is, is, is just a seed. And what does that seed look like? It's not very big. It's an idea. See, when you read through the Bible, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a jar of oil. It's a small jar of oil. It's baking a small little loaf of bread and giving it away. So you see, it's, it's, it's five loaves and two fish. And it's like, how's that going to feed the people? How's that going to work? And we look at it, and so often we despise it because it looks so ridiculous. It's a, it's a few small stones in a sling. Like, how's that going to defeat the giant? It's just, it's small. But somehow God loves to use the things which are small, the things which are seeds, to actually bring incredible, amazing victories. See, what's God given you? If God is the God who gives seed to the sower, what is the seed which God has given to you? What is he placed within your hand? What he's given to you which you carry? What's that dream which just needs a little bit of nurture? Next thing around these seeds, time to sow, is you've got to sow the seed. You've got to plant them. See, this is, this is the tricky part, I always find. It's the giving away, it's the letting go, it's the burying the seed because it's faith and it's trust. You know, in John 12, verse 24, Jesus said this. I said, he's talking to the disciples. And he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So it's Jesus, and he's in, he's in Bethany, and he's about to go to the Last Supper with his disciples, and then he's about to go on to the cross. And he's predicting his death. He's letting them know, hey, guys, this is about to turn to custard. This is, I'm about to die. I'm about to go away. But this is the way of the kingdom of God. And, and it's the weird contradiction of Christianity. It's the giving away, it's the letting go which brings life. Because so often in our society, it's, it's to get more, you've got to hold on, right? You've got to accumulate you've got to hold on to that thing with all you have but somehow the kingdom of God says to let go 
and in the letting go produces life and the multiplication of what we have. See, it's no use having a bunch of seeds. You know, who's got a bunch of seeds sitting on the shelf in the garage? You know, they're sitting there in the garage, just sitting there, not doing nothing. And so often we, we, we have this potential, this latent potential which is sitting there, which we're scared to plant. So I don't know, if we, am I going to plant at the right time? Am I going to get it in the right soil? Is this thing going to work? How's it going to work? And they're sitting there waiting for us to go, okay, all right, here we go. Get out of the garden, dig the hole, stick them in there and see what happens. At some point, at some point, you've got you to plant them. You've got to plant them. And don't eat it all yourself. Who likes pumpkin seeds? Who likes, you know... <laughs> you got little seeds, you say, oh, all right, I'll just eat them all. The problem is if you eat them all, you've got nothing to plant, right? Don't consume the seed. Don't consume everything on yourself. Don't hold on to it. Don't hide it under your bed. Sow it. Sow the seed. That's what it's for. Consistent sowing. You know, because often, again, we, we sow for a couple of seasons. You know, you have big seasons. You go, all right, I'm into this. I'm believing. I'm in faith. I'm going for it. And so you, so you sow. And you go, all right. The season's over, I'll just hold back for the next few and just, uh, you know. And then you wonder why, ah, hang on, where's the harvest gone? Where's that? What happened? You stopped sowing. Can I encourage you? Keep, continue to step into the sowing because it positions us in a place of faith. It says, God, I trust you. God, I'm in a place of faith. God, I'm in a place of expectancy that you would come through, that you would operate on my behalf. See, for me, like, I need the blessing of God to flow through my world. You know, trying to be a pastor, it's got all these complications. But one of the things we cannot compromise is to say, God, I'm here and I will sow. I will believe. I'll stand before you so that the goodness of God would flow around the world. You've got to place a high value on that. Point number four. We're getting there? You good? All right. This is actually where I wanted to get to. This is living in the lag. Okay. What do you do in the lag? Because if we do this thing where there's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest, right? There's different times and different seasons, but there's a time gap between when you plant and when you harvest. And so often we get caught in that time gap of the time we plant and the time we harvest. We go, God, where the heck are you? What's going on? Uh, the other week, uh, my son Finn, who's 12, he was uh, playing Fortnite on the computer with his um, headset on, everything like that. And all I hear from his bedroom is, it's lagging, it's lagging, it's lagging. I'm getting shot, I'm going down, it's, it's, it's lagging. And how often do we live in the lag, you know? Where everything's just going a little bit slower than what it should be, and we feel like we're getting taken down. Who remembers the day of, um, of dial-up? Who remembers this sound? If we play that. <laughs> Come on. Who remembers that sound? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just taking you back to the days of the lag. <laughs> see, see, we got broadband at home. We're on fiber, whatever it is. I don't know. And, and, and I, I'm trying to tell Fed, man... Our, it works. It's, it's downloading. You can play games. It's all good. Back in our day, 
back in our day, you would kind of dial up and then you'd watch, try and download a photo and it'd go, ch -ch 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 -ch, and, and come in until you finally actually got there. Yeah, they can stop that now. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. Because <laughs> we want things instantly, right? We want things now. We want things to happen. The, late, the latest one at the moment for us, uh, for the kids, it's Uber Eats. It's like, don't worry, Dad. We'll just order Uber Eats. It'll be sweet. <laughs> and I'm going, no, I'm trying to cook dinner. I'm trying to, all right, Uber Eats will be here in a couple of minutes. It's all, it's all good. I'm going, yeah, order Eats when you're self-isolating. But one of the things in our, in our modern day society is that we, we have difficulty getting our heads around the delay between seed time and harvest, right? The delay between the sowing and the reaping, because we like the things here and now. You know, we, we import our fruit and veg so we can get it all year round, no matter whatever the season is. But I've found with the kingdom of God that there is a delay, that somehow, unfortunately, that God isn't into instant gratification. He, God still operates with a lag, which is very annoying and sometimes disappointing, Right? Anybody been in that place? You're going, God, I'm sowing. God, I'm sowing. I'm believing. And you're in this place where you haven't received the harvest, that it's not there yet. And it looks like nothing's happening. You keep watering it. But at that point, what you can't do is go to your thing, dig it up, pull out the plant, have an inspection to find out what's going on. Because so often it's at that point between the sowing and the reaping, which we uproot, and we never experience what God has actually got for us. I love that song that we were, we were singing this morning, the Waymaker song. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Come on. Even when I don't feel it, you know, what if we operated on our feelings? See, God's working. You never stop, you never stop working. See, we don't know what's happening under the ground sometimes. We don't know what God is doing there. We're just going, come on. Maybe for someone here this morning, you ask God, God, is this thing really working? Is this working? May as well just dig up the seed. But even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, God, you are working. You're working on our behalf. And then I was thinking about this thing. It says, what if the fullness of the harvest is not until heaven? What if the lag is longer than we hoped for, right? See, because personally, I don't believe that the fullness of God's harvest, that the fullness of God's blessing is this side of eternity. I think there's a whole lot of mysterious stuff which we don't actually know or understand or get our heads around. And I think sometimes as preachers we've been dishonest about the seed time and harvest and going, hey, sow this and you're going to receive a hundredfold in the next season. But sometimes I think that the fullness of the blessing of God we will find in eternity. See, because the Bible talks so much about our reward being in heaven, about storing up treasures in heaven. And even when you read, you know, in Hebrews 11, where it talks about, like, the incredible men and women of faith, 
talks about Abraham and Noah and Moses and Rebecca and all these, all these different men and women of faith who, who do amazing things. But we forget to keep reading down. Because if you go down to verse 36, it says in Hebrews 11, some face jeers and flogging, chains, imprisonment, put to death by stoning. You're thinking, oh, what? But it says they were all, they were all commended for their faith. For what God had been promised since God has planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. When are we made perfect? In heaven. See, the fullness of the goodness of God, I believe, is in heaven. And also it talks about that, that we can lose our heavenly reward. When Jesus is talking in, in Matthew 6, verse 1 to 4, it talks about, like, if, you, you know, if you're just praying on the streets and, you know, just to show off, or you're giving just to show off, that you will receive your full reward at that point. But then it talks about who wants their full reward here and now? See, I've worked out this thing that eternity is quite long. It's a long time. See, I want my reward, fullness of my reward in heaven. So sometimes I think we get caught up when believing that the fullness of reward, and I, I do believe there's reward down on this planet, don't get me wrong. And I think that God blesses, and, and, and as we do things right, there's goodness around that. But don't be disappointed if, if you're in that place of lag where you're going, hey, God, I've, I've sown here. I think we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven. And I thought, for me, it really helps me a lot with the thoughts of injustice, injustice and unfairness that we see on this planet. I, I look at sometimes and I go, I see other countries going, man, see, the gospel message has got to work in America as much as it has, can work in Botswana or wherever else, the poorest and the richest of, of, of places. The same gospel message has to work. And I believe that when, when, when eternity happens, that God will say, all right, let's just organize a few things. The first will be last, the last will be first. He will sort those things out. See, I don't, I don't want all of my reward down here. I have an expe expectation of great things in heaven. But there's this call to sow. Even if it feels like the widow's might or the last jar of oil, I believe that God's has this ability that he will sort it out in the long run. Can we trust in a God like that? Yeah. That we have faith in a God like that who will sort it out. That we have to somehow embrace the mystery of God around it. Say, so I don't understand it all, but I believe you and I trust you. Let me uh, wrap this. Um, so with the build offering, let me just give you some comments around this and our thinking around it. So what season are we in? And I looked around kind of our notes from last year. Yeah, if the band came back, that'd be fantastic. Around the build offering. Last year, the whole theme around it was prepare the ground, was finding fertile story, uh, soil and the parable of the different soils. And this year, what I believe God is saying to us is it's time to plant the seed to get it in the ground. It's a time to sow. And, and that we need to keep scattering seed. I thought the other week at, at uh, Sunday Funday was brilliant. We were just throwing out seed, throwing out food, and just being a blessing in the community. It was awesome. But I believe that at, at some point as a church that we need to own some land, that we need to take some territory. But I don't want to be at that point in two years' time, three years' time, wherever, that we come and the bank account is empty. And we go, I've been a couple of 
church is a part of that situation where you come um, through that situation and there's nothing in the bank account. And we've got to be good stewards of what God has given to us. And so I don't want to come and we find a great building and go, sorry, that's way out of the reach because we're not prepared for that. And there's maybe a couple of steps. You know, we've been talking up, you know, maybe at some point. I mean, my hope is that at some point we'd grow out of this building. I mean, we will pack it and get as many people as we can in here. Maybe at some point we need some offices or, uh, you know, a place for band practices and a youth venue and uh, prayer meetings and small meetings and things like that. And maybe one of the thoughts is that we could buy something and create some equity with that and then long term down the track do something else. But what I want us to do as a church that would raise some equity so that we prepare ourselves, that we'd sow some seed now so that when we get into the future, we're prepared for that. And so how we do it is, as a church, as I've told you before, we do two offerings a year, the build offering and the beyond offering. So build is for capital expenditure. It's for getting ready. It's preparing a place. The beyond offering is for outreach, missions, community. And uh, so how do we give? And again, how we give as a church, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 8, it says this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So I'm calling to give generously. I'm encouraging you to, to give generously. But each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So again, we've talked about this as a church. So no arm twisting, okay? No reluctance, under compulsion, there's a freedom around finances in this place. You can opt out if you need to opt out. I don't want compulsion. I don't want people feeling, oh, man, it's a big arm push. Give what you've decided in your heart. So I'd love you to take some time over the next couple of weeks and just begin to pray. Ask God. Talk to your spouse. Think about it. What would that look like for you? For God loves a cheerful giver. Okay? Okay? So we're not doing cranky, grumpy, do I have to giving. <laughs> we're doing cheerful, God bless you, I'm stepping into faith, this is awesome, I'm signed. Because I believe that's what God calls us to do. That would be cheerful givers, right? Who's on for that? Come on. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Amen. So give what you've decided in your heart, cheerful giving and faith. It's equal sacrifice, it's not equal giving. Some people can give more, some people can give less. That's okay, there's seasons. What I've done is, with, like the other years, we've got a little form, which I've put it out on the foyer there, which just helps us with that. Feel free to grab one of those, take it, look at it, and pray about it. That's that. But what I want to do is finish this morning... I want to pray for people and just open up the altar. And I want to pray for people who just feel at the moment you're in that lag. You're in that place of going, God, I've been sowing. God, I've been doing this thing, but God, where are you? And I want you to step into that place of trust and faith with God. And I'm not guaranteeing you that I'm going to pray for you and next week you get lotto. <laughs> 25, 50 million turns up in your bank account. But what I am guaranteeing you 
is the goodness of God around your world. And don't be surprised. Something eternal will happen.